1: Show love and power to show
0: his mercy and grace to conquer the nation, declaring his praise,
1: igniting revival with such. So all right well we're gonna get into this I don't have a drum roll but I could do some kind of like uh some kind of music here let's see what have we got here let's do a little introduction music there a little introduction music on and uh I can't hear the music from here but you can probably hear it but i I could do something mm-hmm. you got it there Yeah. All right. So we got the music going on. We got uh, an exciting content today. First Corinthians chapter 14. We're going to start with verse six. Please watch episode one, two, three and four. If you want to see verse one, two, three and four. And we broke this down. And I'm urging everybody to please watch these broadcasts if you are a minister, if you're a pastor or a minister. If you're Pentecostal, please watch it because you're going to have to know how to break this word down. Uh, number two, if you're a Baptist or you're against the charismatic movement, or if you clown it, whatever, you you need to really, uh, you, you have to have it, you have to be able to know what you, what we believe, you know, if you, you don't have to believe it, that's fine, but you at least have to know theologically what we believe. You can't just approach the word with blinders on, so... So that's why you really need to hear this. Okay, here we go. I'm going to start from verse 1, and we'll read to verse 6. Okay. Could you actually read it? Start, read 1 through from 6. verse 1? Yeah, 1 through
0: 6. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter number 14, from verse 1 to 6. Following, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto man, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. But he that prophesies speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that ye all speak with tongues, but rather that ye prophesy. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh in tongues, except he interprets. That the church may receive edifying. Verse number six. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall it profit you except that I speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine?
1: All right. So we're on verse six. We've taught verses one through five. And let me just reiterate if you haven't seen the last broadcast, that um, verse five we find a very powerful truth that tongues plus the interpretation of tongues equals prophecy. a very important truth that we brought out at the end of last broadcast. Number two, I also said something that I know is quite an eye-opener, and that, that was that tongues is prophesying in an unknown language. Tongues is prophesying Mm. in a unknown language. Mm. So just like you're speaking in tongues by the spirit, you know, whatever that might be, you know, if you shift gears into your language and you're you're praying at that rhythm and that cadence in your language, you're also prophesying. You you know, and oftentimes when people are praying, they switch in and out of prophecy without ever realizing they're operating in the gifts. Hmm. Oftentimes when people are preaching, not teaching necessarily as much, but uh, more so when people are preaching. That's why preaching is important. If you go to a church where there's no preaching, if your pastor says he doesn't have the gift to preach, you don't preach, <laughs> then. There's going to be uh there's gonna be uh, some a dynamic that's missing because when you're preaching, it's easy also to begin to hit what we would maybe call the prophetic flow, mm-hmm. but the most accurately definition would be to start prophesying. Mm-hmm. So you know, you could be preaching like and god this and that, and god, da, 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 and you know, da, da. And, and it's flowing out, it's flowing out, you know and then you begin to switch and you begin to say things that that you begin to prophesy, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's so that word prophecy, let's look at verse six again. And brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall the prophet you except I shall speak to you by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying. So he talks about three things here. He says, uh, if I come to you speaking with tongues, it's not gonna profit you why? Because we established in the last five verses the speaking of tongues profits the speaker, yeah. not the listener. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know, I know sometimes we try to aim our tongues, charismatics <laughs> try to aim their tongues, you know, and they like you know, especially if there's a demon manifesting or something, they'll try and like shut up and they try and aim their tongues, but really scripture is quite clear that you're not talking to demons when you're speaking in tongues, you're talking to God. It says that in verse two, you're talking to God. And so you're not, can't really necessarily aim your tongues at demons. Does that make sense? So it's not going to profit person B if you come to them with tongues, unless except I shall speak to you by either revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. So, one of the underlying thoughts here in verse 6 is that not that I don't come to you with tongues, but I add to my tongues a revelation or a word of knowledge mm-hmm. or a prophecy or a doctrine. So if I come to somebody speaking in tongues, you, you, you brother, come here, come here. Shuran de se sondo. Now the Spirit of God would say to you that, you know, that thus and so, so you're giving them a revelation. Or the Spirit of God says that you need to repent of your sin, you know, well, that's a knowledge, a word of knowledge. Or, you know, the Spirit of God will say to you that, you know, that, that you, you need to open up your, your heart and, and believe that, you know, and, and accept the water baptism because you must be buried with Christ. You've been struggling with the water baptism, but now you're giving them a doctrine with a word of knowledge together, kind of coupled. You're saying this is a situation and here's the doctrine on it. So you're coming to them with tongues and with a revelation yeah. coupled with that, and with the tongue coupled with that, and with the prophecy coming with that, and a doctrine. He's not saying don't speak in tongues. He's saying, "What shall the prophet do you unless I shall speak to you by?" In other words, adding this to, adding, adding to that tongue, some revelation, doctrine, or so on. Hmm. So, uh, there's several gifts here mentioned here in verse six: uh, revelation, then knowledge. Then prophecy. Prophecy is the one that I, I wanted to just touch on for a second here. And this is, I'm kind of talking for the last two minutes, laying a foundation to get to the word prophecy. That word prophecy means to bubble forth or to speak out of inspiration or to spring forth. It gives the idea of like a can of soda. If you take a can of soda and you shake it up and then you open it up and it shoots out. That is One of the primary definitions of prophecy, and when I get into teaching on prophecy, I talk about the Nabi prophet, I talk about the Seer prophet, I talk about different levels of prophets. Which my non-charismatic friends, my non-Pentecostal friends, my Baptists, my Paul Washers, my John MacArthur's, they have no framework, you know—they have no theology for the Nabi prophet, for the Seer prophet. Like these are these are this is this is realms of pentecostal theology they have they don't even know the tip of the iceberg you know what i mean so this is why it's very important for non-pentecostals to hear pentecostal theology because what you're against is is just the surface stuff you don't know how how deep in the word in the in in how uh the 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 vastness of, of these te- teachings actually go from the scriptures. Right. So it really would behoove anyone who's against tongues and so forth to listen to some of this. Yeah. So one of the one of the qualifying definitions, and the, the primary one for prophecy is to bubble or to spring forth. Mm-hmm. So that's why when you're in a preaching flow, something can bubble up and spring forth. Mm-hmm. Also, when you're in a praying flow. So one of the things that I often teach people, Step one, easiest step, if you want to prophesy, and we're going to talk more about First Corinthians 14, where it tells you to prophesy. It says hunger to prophesy, desire to prophesy, prophesy. covet to prophesy. You should want to prophesy more than tongues. This is like, this is something that God wants you to do. This is very clear that the Holy Spirit, God, Jehovah, you know, Jesus is speaking to the church through Mm -hmm. the Apostle Paul that you should be prophesying. So how do I get you prophesying? How do I get, you know, somebody who is a spiritual dummy? Maybe they've been in church for 40 years, but they're spiritually they're a dummy. Some people worship God, the Father, God, the Son, Mm -hmm. God, the Holy Spirit. But there's a lot of people out there, a large portion of the body of Christ, that worship God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. And so they know a bunch of scriptures, but spiritually they're dumb. They don't know anything about the spirit world. And so it's important that you understand spiritual things. That's First Corinthians chapter 1. If you take out the word, you know, uh, in verse 1, if you take out that word gifts, gifts. Uh, no, actually, I'm thinking of 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter uh, 12. He says, now desire spiritual gifts. I would not have you be ignorant. Concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. Yeah. You know, that word gifts is, is inserted by the King James uh, authors. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 actually says concerning the spiritual yeah. or concerning things of the spirit, I don't want you to be ignorant. So God doesn't want you to be ignorant concerning the world of the spirit. And so how do I get somebody who's ignorant spiritually in one service, in one day, how do I activate them to get them to start prophesying? What do you think would be a, an easy way to get somebody who's never prophesied before, didn't know that they could prophesy, to get them to start prophesying without maybe them even knowing it? What, do you, what would you think would be an easy way? The
0: prophesy of Scripture. So
1: I'd give them Scripture to prophesy. That is a good way. Yep. Yeah. They get a, a, a scripture comes in their heart, mm-hmm. or a scripture comes in their mind, and they, and, and as it comes up, they declare it over yeah, somebody. Yeah, you, you know, a lot. I mean, prophecy should be laced with scripture. Yeah. And you, so what happens when you got a people also doing prophecy and getting practicing prophecy, and they don't know the scriptures? It's a lot of There's a lot of room for error. Yeah,
0: you error because you know not the scripture. Yeah. So. You know, it's very important to
1: you err because you know not the scriptures, Pastor said. Yeah. So it's very important to
0: base whatever prophetic revelation you you get on, you know, on scripture, or else you give yourself a lot of room to be in error, especially when you're getting started. I think it's very important to make sure you make sure you prophesy scripture. You know, sometimes people want to come up with you know a revelation. You know. Yeah. You know, at the base of prophecies, edification, exhortation, and comfort. And you find all of that through scriptures. And just tell someone, hey, the Lord is with you. The Lord is your shepherd. The Lord will provide for you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Yeah. Right? Now, that might not sound like a prophecy, but it is. You're declaring the word of God over the people.
1: Yeah. 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 And you just make me remember, as you're talking, how many people I have met, new Christians, (laughs) And they're like, oh, you're so crazy, Pastor. You know, I was talking to someone, and, and I said something to them, and then I found out that's in the Bible. Oh, or, uh, Have you ever met someone yeah, say like that? Yeah, like, yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah, that yeah. was in the Bible, you know? Uh-huh. New Christians always tell me stuff like that. Like, oh, I was praying, and then I said, you know what? Blah, 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 blah. And, and, and then I found out that's in the Bible. I didn't know that was in the Bible. <laughs> God always is speaking scriptures to people.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, from my experience, when I meet new Christians and they're experiencing God, I always hear testimonies about how they were praying a verse or they heard a verse. They heard these words in their dream. Then they got up and they found that was in the Bible. I hear that all the time. Mm. It, It just seems to be that God's method of talking to new believers is through scriptures so I get a little bit worried when you get somebody who's been around the church for a while and they have all, they're have they operating and supposedly giving all kinds of prophecies that God told me to wear the blue shirt and God told me to do this and God told me to do that. And, and it gets really weird because from my experience, when God's talking to, to, to me and God's talking to people, he's, he, 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 he's like uses the scriptures. Scripture. He speaks in of scriptures, course. you know, not saying he's bound to just Quoting verses, but mm. but it is the it's like the modus operandi mm-hmm. of God to speak His own word to you. It is. It's His modus operandi, mm-hmm. you know. And and there's good theological reason, yeah, why God would do that, you know. And I don't have any any points written down to explain why He would do that, but it's His modus operandi. When He speaks to people, He speaks to scriptures. So wouldn't it make sense? And if I'm prophesying to somebody, what would flow out of me, what would shoot out, what would spring up, what would burst out, if it's truly prophecy, would be scriptures. Yeah. You know?
0: I'm reminded of this scripture. I think it's in the first Peter or second Peter. And Peter is saying, um, Peter is trying to establish his rapport, you know, with his writers. And mm-hmm. he's saying, we were with him in the holy mountain. He's referencing Luke, that they were with Jesus. Yeah on the top of the mountain, the Mount of Transfiguration, when um, the Father spoke. Imagine these people were there, and they heard the voice of God. Yeah. Right? And then he says, we're with him in the holy mountain when we heard a great voice come from above and everything. Then he says something that's so striking. Every time I read the scripture, I'm always like, why would he say this right next to this? But he kind of refutes everything he says. He says, but we have a more sure word of prophecy. So he's saying this. We had a revelation of God audibly right? speaking, audibly speaking to us from heaven. It doesn't,
1: right? it doesn't get more It, it doesn't down.
0: get better. Yeah, it doesn't get better than that. We <laughs> but heard then he says the,
1: it does get better.
0: Yeah, and then he says it does get better. And what's better is the word of the most sure wow. word of prophecy, wow. which is the scripture. That's what he's talking about. He says the word of God is a more sure word of prophecy than any revelation you could ever get.
1: Mm. Right.
0: Yeah. That's that's striking. In other words, you can bank your life on the scripture mm. far above any other revelation or prophetic word you get.
1: Mm, that's good.
0: You know, and then that kind of all the people who go around looking for, for, for prophetic words. Yeah, and gone to America, and that's and they've never read the Bible. Mm. They don't believe the Bible.
1: Yeah, isn't that sad? Yeah so that's that's opposite, opposite. of, of our, what our Baptist brothers problem is our, you know our kind of you know Baptist and Presbyterian and Lutheran brothers they they don't know spiritual mm-hmm. but then you got the charismatics they don't know bible no, no you animal. know what i mean so yeah, that's that's on both sides you're in a conundrum yeah, you know what i mean
0: it's the word and yeah. the spirit coming yeah. together so i always i always feel like the people who verge on the far end of revelations mm-hmm. and, prof- and the prophetic usually are attempting to exalt themselves.
1: Yeah.
0: Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So you hear someone preach or prophesy and they never read the scriptures. Mm, yeah. Right. And the, they're a prophet or they're yeah. whatever, and they never open the scriptures. All mm-hmm. right. Or uh, it always strikes me because what are you talking about? You know what yeah. exactly are you talking about if it's not the word of God? The only thing that has power to change anyone's life is the scriptures, yeah. Not a that's right, not anything else. So, no matter how great you, no think matter you how are great as a or as a preacher, <laughs> if the, the word only, is what the
1: only life, word so. that changes lives is the scriptures. Now, haven't you heard powerful prophecy before? Like I've heard words like, and the Lord, you know, and the Spirit of God said, turn not to the left hand nor to the right, you know. And those words, those prophecies were so powerful, but they were actually scriptures that could pertain to all of us. But the right scripture spoken at the right, right moment time. to the right person called out could could yeah. totally change their trajectory, could prevent them from from, from from backsliding. I mean, the word is anointed, and when you prophesy the word, I there there is something more that you could feel yeah. in the Sharper. atmosphere. It, it pierces yeah. the hearts of men. You know, yeah. it pierces the heart of
0: men. So
1: yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. So Augustus said the Bible is God's word, right? Need to believe it. Start reading and exciting, learning. I still white belt. <laughs> uh, Guga what said I mean? that he's a white belt in the Bible. He wants to be a black belt. <laughs> he wants in to Christ's be a black life. belt. Amen. That's that's powerful. Actually, yeah. the same discipline that you you use to get that black belt, use that to get a black belt in the Holy oh, Ghost yeah. with the word of God. Amen. So that's said So another way. So one of the ways that Pastor Augustine said an easy way to get someone to start prophesying is get them to start declaring the word mm-hmm. over people or a situation yeah. that comes in the spirit. Mm-hmm. That's very great. I yeah. love that. Uh, an, another primary way that you can use to get, if I'm in a church or I'm in a class or I'm with a group of people, another easy way to get people to start prophesying mm-hmm. without them realizing it is, um, have them pray for somebody. Mm. So you say, okay, uh, brother, so-and-so I want you to pray for such and so-and-so and just pray whatever's in your heart. No, know. no prayer request. Prayer is in your heart. So they'll start praying for some this person. Oh well, Father, thank you for this sister. I think that she's a mighty woman of God. I think that she's you know strong. I think that she'll stay focused. And God, I, I thank you, you know. And and I'm praying for her family situation. Whatever's going on in her family right now, <laughs> you know. So what's going on right now? Now they're beginning to pick up something in their life yeah. that's going on, and now they're beginning to prophetically prophesy into that situation now they didn't never looked at it like you know if they'd never done it before they never you know uh i mean if they're of course Baptists and i'm training and they're learning for the first time about Mm -hmm. spiritual things they might they they uh might have prayed for people before and had this kind of revelation in their mind of the spirit, Mm. but because they never had Pentecostal theology to give a framework for what was happening, they didn't realize that they were actually prophesying, Prophesying. you know? And so an easy way to activate people into prophesying is get them to pray. So we, sometimes we call it a prayer, a prophetic prayer evangelism, Mm. you know? So you could go out on the street go to the the grocery store. You could take a team out to the Walmart and you can say, listen, just pray over people, just pray over them and then prophesy. And then just let the Lord minister to them so forth. And so they'll just walk up to a stranger in the Walmart and they'll say, excuse me, ma'am, you know, can I pray for you? Wow. And a lot of people are like, yeah, sure, honey. Sure, doll, whatever, you know how they are in the South, you know? And so then start praying for them. So I pray for this person, I pray for that person. And then then they'll sit there and say, I feel, do you have a pain in your right shoulder? Do you mm. have a pain in your, in your arm? You know, well, how'd you know? Well, what they're doing is they're prophesying, but how did they, they didn't know this person had a pain. They didn't know the situation mm. in the girl's life. They didn't know that. That came to them prophetically through yeah. prophecy. When they began to point their heart and they began to point their attention Towards ministering to this person—that's so good. The word ministry in the Greek is the word um, doulos, Christo doulos. It means to flow through the the, the slave. Doulos is a slave. So the word ministry in the in the Greek it means to 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 go through the dirt through the slave. Mm. You know so when you're ministering to somebody it's not you doing it it's God coming through your dirt
0: come on
1: the body in in the 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 body is dirt it's made from the dirt the body is our slave it's slave to your spirit wow. so when you understand your body is your slave it's slave to your spirit slave to your mind slave to your intellect your body must do what you say and you take that body, which is a slave made from dirt, and then you begin to let God flow through it, that is the Greek definition for ministry. Mm. So the Greek definition of ministry is God taking your dirt, flowing through your dirt to help somebody else. So when you begin to minister to somebody by declaring a scripture that comes in your heart for them or by praying for them, when your attention is now... Focus to be the the dirt the body the the, the soil that God uses to touch somebody else you 're becoming a conduit that 's when the gifts begin to happen mm. and so now the first gifts that begins to happen is prophecy, and you find that pattern in the book of revelation it says that when, when the When the door opened in heaven, they began to see they saw the Lord so mm-hmm. when you begin when the spirit realm begins to open up, the first thing that happens is you begin to see things, feel things, hear things <laughs> if the prophetic begins to open up, wow, so here, if I come to them speaking in tongues, what i'm doing is i'm I'm, I'm praying in tongues with the intention of ministering to them and but it's not going to benefit them unless I take the step of faith, go a little bit farther, and share with them. The revelation that I'm feeling, sensing, that it came in my heart, came in my mind, or the word of knowledge, or the prophecy that might—prophecy is the bubbling forward. Yeah. So you come up to them, shakara, ba 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 You know, be strong, my brother. Be courageous. Don't be discouraged. You keep on pressing through. God's going to give you a victory in the end. You're yes. just right around the corner. Well, you might— Think you're just saying encouraging words, but no, you're actually prophesying. So you started off in tongues, now you're prophesying, and you might even be interpreting because remember what we taught last week from verse 5 is that tongues with interpretation equals prophecy. That is prophecy. So, lastly, doctrine. And uh, I I, I don't have much to give or say on doctrine, but uh, you know, doctrine. Is is here in the list of, of something it's that you so can good. give them that would benefit them, where giving them a tongue won't benefit them unless it's coupled with a doctrine of prophecy A word of knowledge, a mm-hmm. word of wisdom.
0: Another translation for that mm-hmm. word doctrine is instruction.
1: Mm, wow! Right. Great. So great.
0: It's wow. so important. That now
1: that's very applicable. Yeah, yeah that, that makes yeah. a lot more sense. Yeah. You teach by instruction. Yeah. That's what give them an in instruction. Yeah, wow. That's
0: what builds. You know, builds the Christian, um, the, the material that builds a Christian, matures a Christian is in revelation. Mm. It's doctrine.
1: Doctrine, yeah. Oh, and doctrine, yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah, that's right. It's spiritual instruction. What's the importance of doctrine you know for the church today? Because right now we're not in oh a, my God. We're not in an age where people want doctrine. they want a latte. They want an encouraging an word. Encouraging they want a, a, a great song, well-performed. Mm-hmm. And doctrine is really... Do you know nowadays, most of the websites of all these churches, mm-hmm. the modern churches, there's no Tenants statement of faith. of faith. There's no tenets of faith. There's no yeah. doctrine at all on the website no. at all because yeah. people don't care about doctrine people don't care. anymore about that. How important is doctrine to you? I mean, doctrine is the foundation for everything. When
0: Paul was writing to Timothy, a young pastor... He, he urged him numerous times to be ready to, be ready to teach mm. all doctrine, to exhort according to doctrine. So it's so important that, because what doctrine is, is the, is the curriculum, the course curriculum that, that's given to us by God to ensure that we walk out the Christian life as it ought to be. Mm. All right. So most of the errors are, first the errors of doctrine. Most of the errors in the body of Christ are errors doctrine. Of doctrine. That's a good point. Right? And you look at, and in fact, when you, now we're talking about the prophetic. The prophetic is, it, it, the, the greatest, the, the biggest errors we see, you know, the greatest accusations against Christianity as, actually flow from the prophetic stream, mm.
1: realistically, yeah. because
0: most people who are revelatory ignore doctrine. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, but the only thing that and that was you up
1: even some of the founding guys like William Branham mm-hmm. and some of the pioneers of the prophetic movement. That was their error too. Their error too. Yeah, exactly.
0: So it was an error of doctrine. So I think our generation ignores it because it takes time. Mm. It takes time to grow in the knowledge of God's word. To grow in. Um, in doctrine, because it's a process of growing and growth. But it, what happens is if you pay attention, which is the same word that Paul told Timothy, pay attention to doctrine. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if you take your time to pay attention to doctrine, what happens is you become, you have a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Isn't it interesting that every, now look at this, right? Isn't it interesting that every great so-called man of God in our generation, 21st generation, right? Mm-hmm. 21st century, um, either came from a Baptist foundation before they entered that's the charismatic true. flow. Yep, that's true. Right, including Brother Hagen, including Brother Hagen. Yep. So strong, they, word, foundation strong word foundation before they became strong doctrine foundation before the ever or anything. Like yeah. That, right. So and look at the look at their lives. Yeah. They ran the race all the way to the end. Yeah. But people who come and the so-called prophets, they got saved and tomorrow they're prophets. They never got trained in the word of God. They never got trained in doctrine. There's so much room for Satan to pull his strings. Yeah. It doesn't make sense because they were never establishing doctrine. doctrine. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, for example, go to a, I tell this to my friends who go to Bible school here in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. I say, I could go to, I won't name the Bible school, but I could go to a specific Bible school, call out a student and ask them, what is salvation? And I can promise you 95% of the students wouldn't have an answer for that. Explain <laughs> wow. it doctrinally. Explain it to me. Yeah. Right? Wow. Imagine I'm someone who has no idea about Christianity. Explain to me what is salvation. Mm-hmm. Most people don't have an answer to that because they were never established in doctrine. Oh, mm, my gosh. Wow. Something so simple as that. So simple as that. Yeah. What is righteousness? What's the grace of God? Yeah. They have no. They, they have no biblical track mm-hmm. to... To bring someone into an understanding of what a mm-hmm. particular thing is because they were never establishing doctrine. Yeah. Right. So before now that we're talking about it, Hebrew six is so essential when you're talking about issues of doctrine, he says before you move on, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, let's first take care. can we read it? Hebrew yeah. six chapter one? Yeah. I think we'll read it and then take look at that. Speaking Jesus. of doctrine, this is so good. I, I barely see anybody teaching about the prophetic mm-hmm. and tying it up with doctrine. doctrine. <laughs> That's true. And it's very, just, if, yeah. if, you, if you don't do that, I think you,
1: very few prophets in the history of the prophetic movement teach, talked teach about doctrine. this, you know. Yeah. And those who are charismatic Pentecostals, uh, just give you a little backdrop, the, the pioneer of the prophetic movement was William Branham. Mm-hmm. And he was doing great as long as he was accompanied with another pastor. His name was Gordon Lindsay. Mm. And Gordon Lindsay, he was a word guy. He was a doctrine guy. You know, Gordon Lindsay was um, someone that kept everyone kind of in line. Mm -hmm. And Gordon Lindsay kept everyone in line. And when he kind of separated himself from Gordon Lindsay, then his ministry began to get, get farther away from truth into more air, and it did not end well. Oh. And uh, that is actually the, the foundation of the prophetic movement. So, you know, very few. Now, I believe that John Paul Jackson was a big word guy. He was a big And word he would guy. mix the word with this Yes. The, and would teach the word and go to verses and mm-hmm. mix it together. He was a very if, balanced prophet in, fact, as, in the Western world. As a prophet, it gives you credibility.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should, yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. As someone who's prophetic, who receives divine revelations, if you tie them back to doctrine, you're more credible than anything else. Anyway, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms and the laying on of hands and the resurrection from the dead, eternal judgment. What is he saying? He says, mm-hmm. let's make sure these doctrines are in check before we move forward. Before you move forward, yeah. Think yeah. of that. Let's make sure these doctrines are in check before we ever move forward to mm. other things. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, by the Holy, you know, when you receive the Holy Ghost, oh, we've God. been given access to the realm of the Spirit legally. So there's yeah. so much to explore in God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, we talking about angels, I mean, and <laughs> And there's nothing wrong with that yeah, It's available wrong, in yeah. Christ But he's saying, hey, the elementary principle Basic foundations, that's what it's called yeah. the Basic yeah. foundations of,
1: the, of Christianity Of the doctrine wow. of Christ You know, we've gotten so far You know, from You know, in the church Back in the 60s and 70s In America, at least You had Sunday school mm-hmm. And you would go to service before church Before church, oh, that's right And you would study the Bible before service and they made sure that you really knew the word mm-hmm. the church models they don't do that anymore they don't do that now you just come to church the show is great you get a little inspiration people are so a latte, shallow. and then you leave and people don't know the word this generation yeah. and it's been it's, that's been gone for some decades i mean oh, probably 20 years at yeah. least you know it reminds me of this lady she's a friend of mine She's, you know, I mean, God bless her heart. She's a good friend of mine, but she was giving all these strange prophecies mm-hmm. and things God told her to go here and buy this ring and told her to go here and blow God told shafar. <laughs> you know, it was really weird stuff. And she's such a good lady. And uh, I just sat down one day and I advised her. I said, "Do please just stop prophesying. Just stop all prophesying and just take some time and learn the Bible. Just read your Bible. Wow. Maybe go to Bible school, but just stop prophesying for a while, because she was all ecstatic in the charismania, and and seeing angels supposedly, and all these things. Yeah, you know, which I I believe is it's, it's mm-hmm. in the Bible. I believe yeah. all that, but she was so flaky because she didn't know her Bible at all. Yeah, and so there was a lot of goofy stuff, mm-hmm. and I said, you got to know your Bible first. You know, and and that's why I thank God my experience. You know, I got saved. I got saved in a strong word church. Mm -hmm. And then I went to Rod Parsley's and I learned about the move of the Spirit, Pentecostals, Mm -hmm. and prophesying, laying a hand. I kind of learned that at Rod Parsley's, but I started off at Bill Winston's, which is a heavy emphasis on the word and doctrine and classes and training, memorizing scriptures. And that's what, you know, that's what's led to my spiritual stability.
0: Yeah, that's what builds you. That's what builds you. Um, The first miracle Jesus ever did, Mm -hmm. there's so much wisdom to draw from it. What did he do? He turned water into wine. Mm -hmm. Think of it. What is water synonymous of? The word. What is wine synonymous of? The spirit. Exactly. So there's a progress. There's a process and progress in spirituality. wow. I've never heard that before. It's the word first. Before the spirit, yes, then and they all come together,
1: yes. And then, as you're, as you're, str- you know, cooking the with the word, with the word, it transforms exactly. into the wine, exactly. Wow. So the people who and hey, where'd you hear that? I've never heard that. Is that it? Just that came fresh? to me. It just came to me. No. Yeah. That is power. That's yeah. a book. That's a whole book right there. It's the
0: people who chase after the spirit and ignore the word. Uh, they open up themselves
1: to that's a heavy, that's a heavy Rebbe. We call that a heavy Rebbe. Heavy revvy. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy
0: Revelation. <laughs> they open up themselves to so many crazy stuff. Yeah. So many, so many Christians are unstable because mm-hmm. they never gave attention to the word. Yeah. What did Paul say to Timothy? Till I come, yeah. Give attention to doctrine, to mm-hmm. the word of God. Yeah. Think of it this is the man who taught us taught us about the gifts of the spirit speaking yep. in tongues prophesying word of knowledge word of wisdom all this amazing stuff he went to heaven went to the third heaven mm-hmm. but when he's when he's counseling <laughs> his spiritual <laughs> son the on, yeah. when he's counseling his spiritual yeah, he put the mic on, yeah. son he's not telling his spiritual son to go after the all this other stuff yes. he says till i come give yourself to doctrine
1: Ooh, wow
0: to exhortation. Not greater right?
1: encounters. Not so greater encounters. Yeah.
0: But wow. because interesting all of those things come from the word of God.
1: Yes. Yes. You know what I say? Yep. yep. All those
0: things come from the word of God. And, and that's then
1: true. Uh,
0: uh, the Christian walk is the walk of faith. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, encounters, when you have encounter, you don't need faith for it because you've experienced That's true, it. true, yeah. And Paul actually says that in Romans. Why mm-hmm. will, Why should we hope for something you've already experienced it, yeah. right? But it's a walk of faith. So Jesus said to them, blessed is he that has not seen, seen but believed. Believes, yeah. Does not make sense? So, you know, isn't it
1: interesting? You know, I Prophet follow- Leo told me that, mm-hmm. well, he didn't tell me. He said to everybody that he heard the audible voice of God when he got saved. Wow. And people, uh, people are always like, uh, "That's amazing! Mm-hmm. That's me heard God's little voice." He said, "No, it's not." Mm-hmm. He said, "God had the yell at me." Wow. He said, "If you heard the audible voice <laughs> yeah. of God, that that means God had the yell, yell at, at you, you to get your attention. Yeah. It's not a sign of maturity; it's, it's a sign of immaturity."
0: Yeah, it's not good. I find it interesting because I look, look, uh, I follow Pastor Rodney, right? Uh-huh. And Pastor Rodney said. The first time he had a visionary encounter was, I think it was last
1: year. Yeah.
0: Imagine, after being 40 in his years in ministry and, in his life.
1: Yeah, and changing the effect, impacted the whole world with major revivals and his first major encounter. Did he say that? Yeah. His first major encounter was, it was in March. Wow. Interesting. He
0: based his entire ministry on the word of God. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and That's look at amazing. the impact. Yeah. And every, most of the ministries that we admire, Mm. stepped out in faith
1: yes on the word of god on the word yeah so, even, even smith bigglesworth yeah all that he's known for was all those miracles were not from encounters they mm-hmm. were from just stepping out on the believing the word yeah a man who didn't read the newspapers didn't read magazines or books he just read the word and i was talking to sister cynthia in our church mm-hmm. and she was saying like I don't want to have Bible studies with like devotional books. Mm. She's like, I just, why can't we just have Bible study with the Bible? Bible. You know what I mean? And I thought about that. Like, I don't like these devotional books either. I don't read these utmost for my highest and all these things like that. I'm not bashing them, but like personally, i like, if I'm going to, I mean, I do read books, but like for my Bible study, I just read the Bible. I don't need devotional books, you know? Yeah. Uh, the Bible itself is always speaking to me and showing me things, mm-hmm. and feeding me, and you know, it, it is literally alive. And wow. and uh, the reason why a lot of pastors uh, get prophets make a lot of money, get successful, and they don't listen to fathers and they don't listen to mentors, and those who gone before them, uh, to to get their doctrine right, is because they feel that success and finances. <laughs> Justifies them And that's a mm. big danger And one of the, my favorite prophets Was a guy named Kim Clement And Kim Clement Towards the end of his life I would say maybe the last 10 years of his life He found a man by the name of Chuck Missler And Chuck Missler is not A, a big charismatic Chuck Missler is like a, a conservative You know, Bible You know, theologian And not a charismatic or nothing like that no. And he got Chuck Missler And he sat under Chuck Missler. They spent time together. He mentored him in in a lot of areas that he was wrong. And in in about 2008, Kim Klement came out and he said, I've been wrong for years about my theology. I've been saying that Christ's return is not going to happen for another hundred years, millennial, whatever. You know, and Chuck Missler has corrected me. I recant that I repent. And I'm finally sitting under the word now. And I'm being taught the word uh, by uh, Chuck Missler. And Chuck Mister came on one of his shows with Kim Clement, and he said, "Now, Prophet Kim Clement." Uh, is very teachable, very humble man. Mm-hmm. He's like, um, I, I do know that there's there's prophets, obviously, and I can't say I've ever met one till now, you know, because he's he's an old oh, white, ah. conser- he's an old you know white uh-huh. conservative guy, you know. He's like, but um, but the, you know the the gifts of the spirit are in the Bible, and the Bible does talk about them, and he and he give command he does these things, you know, mm-hmm. like so in his way of not really understanding it, he mm-hmm. didn't. Turn it away. Turn it away. And as a result, he was able to speak, bring doctrine into the life of Kim Clement, Yeah. who, you know, most people, I mean, I love Kim Clement. You know, I was following him for many years. And a lot of charismatics were following him, you know, his teachings in the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s. And his core doctrine was off. And. They followed him, but his doctrine was wow. off. You know, well, I didn't follow his doctrines. I just liked his, the prophetic words he was giving. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, I, I saw them come to pass. I saw him. The uh, he announced before Bush announced he was running for office. He announced that Bush was going to run for office, and there was. I was in Chicago when he announced it. He was wow. at the Fun Church, Pastor Danny Cruz, now it's called Faith World. He was there, and he said, "A Bush is going to run for office." a burning bush, and he's going to win, he's going to become the president, he's going to run for two terms, and he said in America we'll have their first black president. He will win two terms in America, he said, will, that will have a great president, and but in the middle of that president's tenure, there will be a death, but then there will be a resurrection. And this is all he prophesied. This and this was like in ninety, maybe ninety-nine or something like that. I think it was in ninety-nine. Wow! Sure enough, Amazing. I watched it like clockwork. Bush won two mm-hmm. terms. Barack Obama won two terms. Then Trump came, and then the the, the the in the middle of his 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 reign, there was a death. Everything went January sixth. Everything Over. went negative. You know, everything that he prophesied in ninety-nine or ninety-eight, whatever year that was, came to pass exactly. Yeah but his doctrine was wrong. So the prophetic word was right, but his doctrine was wrong. And thank God he humbled himself to get under a man of God that would set him, sh- him straight yeah. doctrinally. And, yeah. and more men of God, young men of God, young men of God that are rich and successful now because the prophetic ministry does attract a lot of finances. You know, I could say I, I want 1,000 souls to Christ today and people could give a hoot. They'll just clap. If I say I got a word for you, they'll start giving donations right on the screen immediately. You know, people... we,
0: should, we should come on and start prophesying to people. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm going to do that. I'm going to start prophesying just 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 for your offering because you guys don't <laughs> care about all the souls that I saved in China, Mongolia. I'm, so I'm just going to pr- give you words you can give to me. I don't care. I'm not going to be religious with it. I'll give you a word. I'll prophesy for you and just donate. Hallelujah. But unfortunately, that's that's where the immaturity of Christians are right now, you
0: know. Yeah.
1: So, but doctrine is
0: is critical. It's a crucial thing. You know, we go we go to we go to college or university, depending where you're from, and no matter what, you have to go through all the courses to get the degree.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true.
0: Think of it. Mm-hmm. And then we come to church and we think God is just, you know skip
1: well, this, we'll skip this and skip, skip this that. And yeah. skip that. Right?
0: But there's a there's a there's a scripture I think is in Hebrews. It says, "If a one, if a man wants to win,
1: stri- yeah, if a if a man striving stri- for mastery, master, he must strive lawfully. Yes,
0: if he's to be crowned, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a due process. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. I Come couldn't. on. Something's coming to my heart. There's a due process to things.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Remember when um, I
1: prophesied, but
0: I was <laughs> <laughs> gonna teach the scripture. Remember when um when the Israelites got defeated mm-hmm. and the Philistines took the the Ark of the Lord mm-hmm. um to Philistine? Yeah. Right? They took it then obviously starts, a lot of terror started happening to the Dagon fell and everything, and they were terrorized. So they asked that Israel come take the ark back. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when David first when they first went to do it, um, who's the guy who tried to it was on the donkey and he tried to He tried to grab to it to grab and, it and because then, it was uh, falling down. Yeah, I forgot right? his
1: name. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then he, he died. Yeah. And that they, they say, the Bible says that David was scared. He was so scared. He didn't understand why did this man die, right? Yeah. And the Ark of the Lord stayed at Obed-Edom's house, and he was blessed and everything. Yeah. Then David went and inquired by the books, right? Mm-hmm. And he found out that according to the law, the people who are supposed to handle the Ark are the Levites. Yes. Right?
1: Only the Levites. Only the
0: do. Levites are supposed to handle the, the Ark. Then he instructed his people, and, and when you read the instructions, he's telling them, we, we, we were punished because we did not follow due process.
1: Mm. Wow! When I read that scripture, wow. I was so struck. Wow! That that's that, that's pretty heavy. Some that, people that are going through things, uh-huh. and they don't know why. It's because they didn't follow the due process, the spiritual protocols. Spiritual protocols. Some people just think with God, it's just anything goes. Exactly. He knows my heart, but in the he, spirit realm, there he, is
0: due protocols. He loves me. Yeah,
1: you know, and he
0: does. Yeah, but God is an orderly God. Yes, right. So David says, "We were struck because we would not follow the process." Mm. Right, and most of most of the Christian lives are they're weak, they're feeble, they're powerless. They're always in. Some ups problem. and downs, yeah. ups and downs, because in their training, there wasn't any due process. And we talk about this mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Someone gets saved in America, someone gets saved, and the first thing they're taught is prosperity.
1: Yeah.
0: Is prosperity a wrong doctrine? No, it's not. It's not. God designs way. that we be prosperous. Yeah. But it didn't follow due process. Yeah. Right? So the body of Christ has to be strategic enough, the fivefold, particularly, who are sent to equip. The, the body, yeah. right? They have to be strategic enough to develop some sort of curriculum, some sort of... Um...
1: Well, it's like this lady I met. She was like claiming a new car and a new job in Jesus' name. And she was uh, hooked on drugs. And she was doing some other things. Mm-hmm. My son's here, I can't say it, for money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, her her son is a gangbanger and a drug dealer. And she was wow. confessing and declaring... A new job and a new car, and I she's like, in Jesus' name, I just confessed my new car, new job. You met this lady; she came mm. to church a few times so back when we mm-hmm. first opened up. And I'm like, you know, let's okay, praise God. Let's focus on like coming to church every week and, mm-hmm. and stop doing drugs. And and she went on the, and she was wanted to date this man who was mm-hmm. in prison. I told her, don't date that guy; he's in prison. Mm-hmm. You know, find somebody that's in a different, totally different lifestyle. Maybe yeah. a church boy. Mm-hmm. Find a nice church boy. You know, mm-hmm. like. But she's naming it and claiming it because she received the prosperity uh, message Mm -hmm. without the message uh, concerning everything else in her life. I'm telling you, it's so sad. No, as serious as I couldn't believe it. I was like, you know, and that's the reason. The cart before the horse, you know
0: exactly. So unless, unless, unless we are trained after that order, okay. So the elementary principles laying again the foundation of dead works. Mm. Repentance from dead works. Yeah. That's, that's the first thing yeah. you're supposed to receive. That's the first meal you're supposed to, re- to eat. Yep. Repentance from dead works. Yep. Transformation of your mind. Turning away from sin, the lifestyle of sin. Mm-hmm. So, and we never, who teaches that? People just get to church and they're bombarded with, you know, feel good messages, but they're never establishing doctrine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So they're living Uzzah. a double life.
1: Uza was his name. Uza, Right. The guy who died. Uzzah, yeah. Uzzah. died. Right.
0: Yeah. They're never establishing yeah. doctrine. So they're, they're tossed to and, f- like the scripture says, yeah, they're tossed, tossed two to and fro f- with every wind of doctrine. Yeah. Right. When Timoth- when, when Paul talks about the, the last day, I think it's 1 Timothy chapter 3, he says that men will start to despise doctrines.
1: Mm. And that's what's happening. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm even thinking about one of the things I'm thinking about as we're praying assessing, we've been here for a year and a half and assessing what we should be doing in America. Um, one of the things that I, we, we talked a little bit and then I was having more thoughts after we spoke today. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've been thinking is uh, we could plant a church here in, in Tulsa and the Christians that are in the city Regardless if they're being fed meat and revelation and doctrine and encountering the Holy Spirit, regardless if they're not getting that at their church, doesn't matter because they're connected and their loyalty is at their church. So the way to help and benefit them wouldn't be to... For them to switch churches because they wouldn't do that. Their loyalties in that church, their, their friends, their relatives, mm. their kids are in children's church Their loyalties there. And then I've experienced, I have two charismatic Holy Ghost filled pastors here in the city that have got with their members and forbid them to even visit my church. You know, one's a big church, one's a smaller church. And they and the members have told me, like, oh, uh, the pastor told me not to ever come to your services, not to come to your prayer meetings, not to, you know, because I'm a member at their church. So you not only have their allegiances, but you also have that dynamic, too. Mm-hmm. The pastor's trying to keep people. So how can I really be a blessing to the body of Christ in Tulsa if I have a competing church? It's going to be more difficult. But if we don't have a church— and if we have just a, a you know, a ministry that could come into their churches and add value, mm-hmm. such as teach on the Holy Ghost, get them spirit filled, teach them about missions, teach them about how to minister across culture mm. overseas. Now we could come alongside all these churches and tell some and add value to them, yeah, reach good. the people with what God wants to deposit in them, which is spiritual things, you know, and and not try to fight the fight to call them out of their, their loyalties. Wow. You know what I mean? So I've really had this thought today after we spoke and that maybe what we're doing in Tulsa, I need to just, you know, reshift it into getting into all these churches. And I was thinking, like, I'll even go to the Unitarian Church where yeah. Carlton Pearson is. If they'll let me in, if I if I come in and say I want to talk about missions and 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 what's it like in China, the Chinese are gone church, they might let me in. Yeah. And once I go in there and I I, I give some of that then I could also do, give an altar call, start praying for people, and people start getting touched by the Holy Ghost. Then that will open up the conversation for the Holy Ghost baptism. And once they get filled with the Holy Ghost, some of them are going to start getting revelation from the Word hmm. about some of the goofiness on their doctrines, you know what I mean? Wow. And that might bring them to my YouTube channel. Might be, you know? So I'm thinking it might be more effective. I might be more effective here in Tulsa by not having a church but getting into as many churches as possible to add value to what they're, what, what's already happening. Mm-hmm. You know, wow, isn't that isn't an interesting thought, yeah. So, first Corinthians today, 14:6, <laughs> is not about you shouldn't go up to someone and speak in tongues, but it's saying that if you go up to someone and speak in tongues without adding to it doctrine, instruction, uh, uh, an interpretation of tongue, a prophecy, or a word of knowledge, then it's not going to benefit them. Verse 7 says. And even things without life-giving sound, whether a pipe or a harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or what is harped? For if the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who will prepare themselves to the battle? So likewise, you, except you utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For you shall speak into the air. And it, it reminds me of like in the military, they have bugle, mm-hmm. you know, and they play the bugles. Certain bugles mean it's chow time. Mm. It means it's time to eat. Certain tunes in the bugle means, you know, certain of those bugle sounds mean like prepare for war, prepare get your bayonets, war. we're under attack. Mm. You know, certain bayonets says wake up in the morning, and certain, <laughs> excuse me, the, the bugle horns wake up That's in the morning. Wake up. So if they are off key or they play a, a melody that they're not familiar with, they wouldn't know whether they go to do. battle, whether to eat, exactly. whether to, you know. So there's the same thing. If there's no interpretation of that sound, then they wouldn't know what to do with it. So you would speak a tongue to them, but if, it's, if, it, if there's no... Certainty of what that tongue meant, because mm. there was no revelation with it, there was no word of knowledge with it, there was no doctrine with it, then they wouldn't know how they should respond. Yeah, and that—that's what he's saying here in verse uh, six and seven, and mm. verse eight. So very simple, clearly understood. I think our next uh, class, for the sake of time, our next class on this topic will go into verse nine. Now, you know. <laughs>
0: Verse six, I'm thinking,
1: okay. and this would be a good challenge, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus is our prototype. Yeah, so, uh, everything that's revealed by Paul, Jesus in some way or another did it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, in what instance did Jesus preach by revelation? That's the question. Mm-hmm. Or in what instance did Jesus preach by knowledge, or by prophesying, or by doctrine? Because he did. I love him. Yeah. He did all of them. Yeah. I'm just thinking, by revelation,
1: Nathaniel. hmm Right? Yeah, he right. came to Nathaniel and he said, uh-huh. I see, you, I saw you sitting mm-hmm. under a tree mm-hmm. in the spirit realm. Yeah. So he came to him with the message that, that by revelation he saw him doing mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. and that he knew he was Messiah. Because how did you know I was there under that tree? How would you know? And then by knowledge... um, Nicodemus, well, knowledge would be a word of knowledge here. Would it be word of knowledge, or would it be so? Revelation it, Revelation would be a word of wisdom, uh, which a word of wisdom is anything in the future. Mm-hmm. So, with Nathaniel, that would have been a word of knowledge, okay? So, we came to Nathaniel with the word of knowledge, okay? With, with Peter, when he said, You know, after you know, you the cock will crow three times mm-hmm. and you'll deny me. That was a, a, a that was revelation. Mm. That was a thought or a fact in the mind of God concerning future events. Yeah. So the the gift of revela- the gift of wisdom, is future events. Gift of word of knowledge is present or past mm-hmm. events. Mm-hmm. So those are two different gifts. So when we say the word of wisdom, we're also speaking about revelation gift. You know, to reveal something to you, you know, in, in the future. That's good. You know, so with Nathaniel will be a word of knowledge with 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 Peter. But what you should do is if you learn these gifts, like learn just just get a little familiar with the gifts and then go back and read, say, read Mark, because Mark is a miracle, miracle, oh miracle, my. miracle. So just go with Mark and just write next to every miracle, every prophecy, what gift was in operation. So turning water into wine, that is a working of miracles, you know. Uh, a working of miracles is a divine intervention in, in the natural realm to speed up the process or to, to you know, interfere with the process of something to break natural law. That's what happens in the working of miracles. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you study these these uh, different gifts, you can actually see. Jesus was prophesying. Jesus was gift, doing a work of miracle. Jesus was operating in the gift of faith, and you could kind of see which gifts were in use in the, in the Bible, and then you could begin to discover, oh, which gifts were in use when you prayed for someone and wow. and you you prophesied over someone and you said you re, you start to realize, oh wait a minute, I interpreted tongues. Oh wait a minute, I the gift of faith was on me that day. I prayed oh, for yeah. that person and it was like mountain moving faith. Like something came over me well, that was a gift of faith. So these things might be happening to you, but until you could actually identify them and define them and have theology for it, you can't thrive in them. So what happens is what I call a Pentecostal accidents. <laughs> we, you know, things happen, miracles happen, but we don't know how it happened. And we think it was because oh, we sang that song or because I I touched this cloth or whatever. And actually it m- might have been none of that, you know. So once we understand these gifts and how they operate, we can I also begin to operate and identify them and operate in them more and so forth. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, but that's good. The heavy rabbi for today is that Jesus's first miracle, turning the water into wine, is a picture of how the process must be for everyone who comes to Christ and experiences spiritual growth into the things of the spirit. They must first be, uh, you know, First, approach the word, washing of the water by the word, and as they mature in the word, the word will be miraculously activated and turned into wine, representing the the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit and the miraculous uh, outpouring of God's Spirit. So that's the, that's the good revelation for today. Out of all this, the fresh revelation. had to stop the recording at that point but you might be listening right now and you say pastor joey i wanted to pray that prayer if i was there i would have prayed with you i'd like to pray right now as a matter of fact i'd like to give my life to jesus christ i would like to have god in my life and i'd like to know jesus is my savior and my lord and surrender my life to him you know repentance means to turn away from your way of doing things and to turn to god's way we've done things our own way like they used to say in alcoholics anonymous and narcotics anonymous when i did the 12 steps they said your best decisions and your best ways of thinking and your best ways to handle life have gotten you to this situation and now it's time to trust a higher power well there is no higher power than the god of all the earth his name is jehovah And He sent his son Jesus to die for you and through him you can turn from your way of doing things to his way and his way is the right way because he made you and he made you for a purpose and he knows exactly what you need to pull out your potential to forgive you of your sins, deliver you from the things that keep you away from God in a sin and death cycle and if you'd open up your heart to Him right now, together with me, God can begin a new work in your life. So just pray with me wherever you're at, whether you're driving your car, whether you're at home, or wherever you are, just, just pray with me, and repeat after me. Say, Father, I come to you now, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me, forgive me of my sins wash me in the blood of Jesus I believe that your son died for my sins and on the third day he was raised from the dead from this day forward I belong to you in Jesus name amen you prayed that prayer I'd like you to contact me and we can send you some more resources and materials that could help you start this new life because this is the first day of the rest of your life. Email me at joe at nationsabroad.com or email the church at nfcontact at gmail.com. and we'd love to speak with you and just correspond with you and put you on the right path. Maybe help you find some local churches there online or something or maybe we know some pastors there that could follow up with you and help teach you the word of God. Thank you for listening and feel free to download the other podcasts and just feed on the word of God.